from 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and midnight to 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on skidrowstudios.com. I'm your host, Nestor Rodriguez, and I'm not going to do the AKA because my man Simon's not here, but you know who this is. Net, net, net. Nestorius. <laughs> and uh, we have a we have a dope ass show today, man. We got my man the 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 usual one of our usual suspects, Rich Corbin. What's up everybody? How you doing? Yeah, he just he's lubricated just, his throat you know, with some ludens and how shit. How you doing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got that funky cold Medina. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 we have two two directors in the house. We got we got this cat Leslie Small who um we're going to we're going to get into who he is, what he does. And, and all that other stuff, um, um, uh, uh, E40 movies, uh, 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 Kevin Hart, all sorts of shit. You know, we're gonna we're gonna enlighten y'all, motherfuckers. Uh, we got uh, the gorgeous Rosemary Rodriguez, who's also you know a sizzling hot director, uh, and uh, we're gonna get into that. We got my man Jamal Jamal Northern, Jamel, Jamel, Jamel. I fucked up your name. Uh-huh. Like, hey Nick, cut that out of the show. <laughs> Ah, we gotta cut that out of the show. All right, J- J- now you're gonna make me self conscious, Jamal. Jamel. 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 Motherfucker Jay. How's that? Fair I've been calling him Jamel like for Jamel. fucking all week. There's, and like, I'm, now I'm going to be like Jamal. There's two L's like, with an E and then the little Jamal. Accent. Like Kareem Abdul Jabal. No, it's Jamel. Right, Jamel. 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 Got it. Big up. Big up, Jamel. <laughs> All right. There you go. You see, you got your five minutes of fame now. Thank you. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, that's right. We're going to be talking tonight a little bit about Leslie Small, uh, new directorial project, uh, uh, Rosemary Rodriguez. Uh, we're going to talk about weddings. It's June, motherfuckers. Wake up. It's June. More weddings in June than sushi on Ventura in, in Los Angeles. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about gay... Yo! Wake the fuck up! Gay motherfuckers can get married now back in California. We're going to talk about that shit. This is a big deal, you know? So anyway, that's the deal. Thanks for tuning in again. Hey, listen, if you're in your underwear in your living room right now, eating stale cornflakes with rice milk and no bananas, you ain't got nothing to do with your life, take this number down, 1-800-893-9562. Listen in, call in, you might learn something, okay? 
All right, man. So, yeah. So, you know, we, I, I just get a little crazy and shit, you know. Uh, so that's how, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, yeah. All right. Do we, we have a, a little audio track coming up. Some reason it ain't happening. There we go. 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 Uh huh. That's right. Mm hmm. That's right. No. Uh, that's what I gotta do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. Easy, baby. Yeah. So, yeah, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about a, a little Easy. Easy. Um, Cody Water. Charlie. Charlie Hustle. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, yeah. So I, 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 I played that. I played that because because you directed Charlie Hustle. Yes. Now tell me, Le Leslie. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, well, E40 was an interesting character. You know, I met E40 when I was coming right out of graduate school, and I was this very proper, you know, astute sort of fellow. Graduate school. <laughs> graduate school. Yeah. Okay. And I meet my man. He says, so listen, we're going to come over to the coffee table, chop it up, you know what I'm saying? We're going to break out a little spread. Woo -woo. And I'm like, I had no idea what he was talking about. Now, this is 1998, 99? This is 98, 99. I had no idea. He was speaking another language. He's he, big in double dribble he and He created a dictionary of slang language. Right, right. So he had his own damn language. So right. I'm trying to be cool, you right. know, because I'm trying to shoot music videos. Right. Right. And he's talking, and I'm looking at him saying, hmm. And the one thing I noticed was that he, he, he kept, like, he wasn't comfortable with his weight. He was about 380 yeah. pounds. Right. So I was like, yo. And, 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 and they drunk like they had, you know what Carlos Rossi is? Yes. That big, <laughs> <three gallon laughs> big jug of fucking <laughs> nasty wine. Damn, dog. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's called <laughs> balance it on your arm and yeah, then yeah, drink yeah. it to the side. Yeah, that's <laughs> called alcohol training, alcoholic training juice. That's what that so, is. So they're sitting there drinking this Carlos Rossi like it's Kool-Aid or something. Like this shit is the best thing from ever. And I'm like, yo, what is this? So he said, oh, you got to have some. So they poured a little Carlos Rossi in a thing and I drank and I... I I got so mad. It tastes so bad. I wanted to kick his ass. Like I was, <laughs> all of the graduate school went right away. <laughs> okay, okay. So you, so you direct? Did you you directed one of his music videos, or I, you were I trying to direct of his music videos? You directed that was that was the beginning of the relationship. Got it. You know, and got so it. up in the Bay Area, I was doing like Tupac, E Forty. Uh, but uh, he wasn't. But he hadn't had any music videos directed yet of his stuff, or he already had some. Yes, he. E40 was the kind of guy that was like this. In the Bay Area, guys, what they did, they looked at the record industry and said, hey, listen, if I go and I make a record and you give me a million dollars to make a record, right, what you say, right? right? Um, and I sell... Even though you're going to get a bottle of Carly right, Rossi. I, I sell a million <laughs> records. You know, I'm still in debt. Right. At a million at a million records sold, those guys would still be in debt. Right. Why is that? Because of the way they, the way they expensed everything to that account. Right. So now think of it like this. You put up a million dollars. 
Guy goes in, you sell a million records, a million records nets to a record company somewhere around $15 million. At $15 million in revenue, these guys were still in debt. So the guys in the neighborhood, Urban Cast was looking at that shit, you know, because they came up, you know, doing, you know, on the streets and stuff. That yeah. doesn't make sense to them. They're like, they're you like, give me a million, that's some fucked up cocaine <laughs> economics. That's like, that's like, what? Exactly. I gave you $50 for a half a gram. What the fuck's my shit? Exactly. So you give me a million dollars, you make $15 million, and I still owe you money. Right. That didn't make that's sense. Right. That didn't you know make- what? Get the Glocks. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Exactly. So what 40 them started doing, was making their own music and selling it out their trunk. Right. So now they would sell 100,000 records nice. for $10 and make a million dollars. Right. Their investment may have been 15 grand. But now Shit. they're rolling with a million dollars. So 40, when I first went to his house, he hadn't had a record out. He right. wasn't on a major label or anything. Mm-hmm. He was living in a house that he built from scratch that was 15,000 square feet right. next to Gary wow. Payton, who at the time was a number one point guard right. in the NBA. Wow. Like, he was like loaded. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. We're not going to talk about anything Thing that we initially gonna start talking about, we're gonna buy, we're just gonna talk about the economics of fucking gangster rap videos. Fuck this. We're gonna go back to gay. We're gonna go back to gay fucking rights and all that shit on another episode. You available next Thursday? Yes, sir. Yes, all right. Sir. Fuck this. Because I wasn't even planning on this shit. I mean, no, seriously. I, I understand some of it. Like, I right. get it. You know what I mean? Like, I probably saw E40 and. He asked to sell me a fucking cassette, Absolutely. and I probably said, "Man, get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> I should have bought one and of them. You're thinking they're transients, and right, these cats right, are living in life. Right, right, <laughs> like right. They're doing right. literally he, at, without a record deal. Mm-hmm. At one point, he had a record go in the top ten of Billboard. Mm-hmm. That's how prolific uh, selling right. from car. And this is selling records from car to car. Right. But he's a, he's a badass rapper. Bad rapper. But they all those guys uh, E40. Master P and all of those right, guys right, in right. that little nineties. And Master era. P came out of that too. Yeah. All those he was here's where we got to start up in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. All of those cats out of that era were making hundreds of millions of dollars in the music industry. Right, and they was making a, it was putting without the music think, industry. I think yeah. we contributed some of those. We have a bunch of Master P dolls in storage. Oh no 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 no! I got I got some I got some Master P dolls that I bought at the the, hey. the East Coast. I probably shot the commercials for those bullshit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, no no. I, because I know you. Well, Master P dolls, you you pull his right. his string and he goes, mm, na 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 na. I shot that. I shot all his music. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I got that. I got that. I got that. I got that. We can't so even sell I, I used on to sell them on on eBay. Now I got them for four dollars. Master P was another guy when I sat down with him. I had no fucking idea what he was saying. I was sitting there talking to him about doing a job. He's like, hey, what? Hey, what? Yeah, and yeah, I was like, hmm. <laughs> You're like, you're like, you're like, you're like, now I know how white people feel when they come to my neighborhood and they see just black guys and they think we don't, what the fuck are they saying? Yeah, at the end of that meeting, he gave me a briefcase with $160,000 in it. It's like we had negotiated to do a music video for $160,000. I had no idea. Cash. He don't have a bank account. account Yeah, so he gave me $160,000, right? Right. Right. Okay, whoa, whoa. Right. Okay. 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 (laughs) You're walking out of his house with a briefcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. 
awesome. This is ridiculous, dude. It's true. Okay, Master P. <laughs> Master P, I know you're out there. 1-800-893-9562. I know you have a bank account and you have a PayPal account. Ooh. Okay. Rosemary Rodriguez, please say hi to the audiences here. Hello. Hello. There she goes. She's hey. very proper. Rosemary Rodriguez is a, a prolific director. She's directed, I don't know how many fucking thousands of episodes of TV. She produced and directed a movie that went to Sundance, Acts of Worship. Uh, and you're embarking on uh, the long-awaited fucking project that uh, you've been godforsakenly wanting to do this shit for like 10 years, uh, Silver Skies. And uh, we basically just decided, fuck it. You, we, we, yeah, I hope Master P's listening. Well, that's, right, what right. That, that's why I just did the segue. <laughs> that's exactly why I did the segue. But he has an extra briefcase later. No, no, no. That's exactly why I did the segue. Put that money to good use. No, that's just it. I said, we got 200K. Right. We need about another 250K. Master, you got 1,000? 100,000? Talk to us. Talk to now. 1-800-893-9562. You know you want to. Anyway, so, that, you know, that's, that's the deal. So, Leslie, please. Yes, that's that you just schooled. You just gave like a whole uh, 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 fucking thesis worth of information on the black market uh, uh, music industry. Oh, yeah, it was a, it was a whole nother thing. It's sort of hip hop changed the, 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 the landscape of music, mm. you know, because what was happening at the time, the hip hop came. On. So you really have to understand the hip hop. <clears throat> was a rebellious movement sure. against this idea, especially for young black sure, guys, right? Because sure. like in the 80s and shit, sure. you know, all black dudes was like either three foot two on TV and right. shit, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, the, 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 the or or rat, blind. Well, the rat, yeah, 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 blind, blind. Or, or serving, fucking, or serving or some or shit. Or fucking lace and shit, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Years old. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. so all of the images that they were giving to black men in the 80s was like, fuck that, that's not me. So right, right. Hip-hop comes out and says, fuck that, we rejected Michael, right. Prince, we rejected right. all that bullshit. Right, right, right. Like, we are men. Right. And then, you know, when they got into the industry, started looking around and seeing that they were getting raped. And so, you mm. know, they went to the streets with it. So hip-hop was a had a strong economic, a strong economic pull. Nobody ever talks about that. Mm. Right, right. And but well you're talking, you're talking basically of hip-hop uh probably in the late 80s to early 90s yes. because the origin of hip-hop uh rap music yeah. rap music is a lot of people consider the music just hip-hop but hip-hop is actually the culture uh graffiti uh rapping and uh break dancing from the east coast right mm -hmm. and then therefore the 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 term hip-hop was adopted by the music right absolutely right in the in the in the in the early 80s the Late 70s, uh, early 80s, you had, you know, Treacherous 3, Run DMC, Houdini. These guys was, were, were, were not rapping about fuck the establishment. They were talking about, you know, having fun, you know, freaks come out at night, you know, this, that, and the other, and, and the braggadocia. You know, which which is emceeing, right? Mm -hmm. And then the cats you're talking about, like in the in the in the early '90s, late '80s, you know, I would say West Coast rappers, right? right? They they evolved into this "fuck you, we're taking shit," right? And and what's interesting about that is that all those cats I was talking about prior, they all got fucked. Okay, oh, yeah. Grandmaster Kaz, all, of them. all these motherfuckers. Yes. I mean, you know, I see, I see directed uh, something from nothing, the art right. of rap. Right. Ninety-five percent of those rappers, ninety-five percent, 
fucking living in the project still in in the Bronx. No money. None. Rakim. I think, I think what's cool is that as artists, because they're all artists. Yeah. Right? As an artist, it's like you see something you're going to be taken advantage of. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to own my shit. I'm going to take care of it. And I'm going to create. And I'm going to, I'm going to. That's I'm genius. I'm going to reap the benefits of my own work. That's genius. Like, I mean, so like you take a cat like, like, uh, what was his name? I did, uh, the, the guy, he calls his name Luke Skywalker down in Miami. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, Luke yeah, Campbell. yeah. Luke, yeah. Luke the Campbell, Luke, right? Luke, Luke, yep. Yeah. This guy used to make... Oh, so horny. Right. Oh, oh, so horny. Oh, so horny. They Me was, love you a long time. Right, right, right. They would mess with him about the music he was making, right? Right. But check this out. The distributors would roll fucking 18 wheelers up to his house on a Friday and just load it up with his own records because he was he was printing millions of records and shipping them all over the country and making all that dough himself. He was making so much money because he had his own enterprise. So he was printing his own shit out his of his house? Shit. And then Smart. He, he No, wait, but here's where he fucked up. The record industry came to him and said, oh, we could do it better. Let's take this out your hands, da 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 And his... Empire was destroyed. And, and guys, because he, he, he sold okay. out. Because he sold out. Right. Uh, he went uh, into the other side and he sold out. But yeah. you look at his early life, his early career, this dude was printing money. Right. You know, Master P, printing money. See, These I guys were printing money. You see, I didn't know. And then when they went in and became part of the quote unquote, you know, legitimate the machine. machine yeah. These guys went from making, I mean, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to, you know, you know, can I get a job? Right. Yeah. Unbelievable. And that's because they, they, they sold out. But initially, that rebellion is weird, though, because there's a psychological thing that was strange. Even though they were making so much money, and I'll never forget, I was working with a, a music video company called Shooting Star, and we were shooting a, shoot, a Snoop video. I was shooting a Snoop video with Snoop and Master P. It was called Gangster Girl, right? Mm -hmm. And... And the owner of this company was this white lady up out of Northern California. And she comes to the set this day, you know, and she's crying. I'm like, what the fuck? You, you can't come Why are you here. crying, like, bitch? This is, this is a goddamn hip-hop. You white. You can't. should be right for you. Why are you crying? Right. And so she's like, Leslie, can I talk to you? And I'm like, I'm working with Snoop and him. And she's I'm like, directing gangster rappers, bitch. Can't you see a nigga's busy? <laughs> I love the way he interprets for me. So then, <laughs> so then she says to me, well, you know, now here's the thing. At this time, Shooting Star was like the biggest music video rec I mean, uh, production company in the game. They were probably doing $10, $15 million a year in music videos. She comes to me crying. Mm -hmm. and she says to me, I'm crying because I'm invisible. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? She says, well, I'm doing all this black music and I'm doing all this gangster music and my friends, people that I grew up with, they don't recognize that I'm doing anything. Like, I feel like an, I feel ostracized. Hmm. Now, you have to understand, like, at that time, a music video was about 350,000, 400,000, 500,000, 600,000 per music video. We were probably doing 15 music videos a month. Wow. wow. That's the kind of revenue that was coming in. To That's this company. a lot of cocaine. That's what I'm, and she was crying because the people that she hung out with didn't recognize that she was doing anything of value. Mm. And right. we were like, wow. Wow. How did you transition from music videos to films or um, to comedy? Great, 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 great question. Interesting, was, interesting, interesting thing. Uh, uh, Master calls, P yeah. left this company. He was one of their main clients at the time. That's where I met him. Was I was I was over at Shooting Star and started No Limit Films. Mm -hmm. And when he started No Limit Films, he took a couple of the directors from Shooting Star, which happened to be one of mine. I had just gotten there and said, "You guys come over here." 
and you know you could do a bunch of stuff. So that's where the 166,000 came from. He came to me. I was in the studio doing something. He says, "Look, here's some money. Come hang out with us and do everything that we do." So, so with Master P doing that, he didn't have a real high high concept of of in terms of quality of what we were doing, but you got a chance to do everything. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, here's four hundred thousand dollars. I need four music videos. You don't have another yeah. dime. Don't fucking yeah. go over budget. We don't got a white woman. <laughs> fuck it, get a dog. <laughs> Put the dog in there. I don't give a fuck. We got four hundred thousand dollars. We got four music videos. We need to shoot this shit right now. You ain't got a dog. Put a white bitch in there. And that's exactly fuck how you talk, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he is not exaggerating, right? And my I don't give a fuck. We ain't got no lemonade. Pee in that bitch. <laughs> One time we were doing a music video, and I think it was Tank or somebody like that had this great music video where they had water coming down all over them and shit. You know what I mean? And it was just really <laughs> insane, right? So I'm doing a video with Master P. He says, I want some fucking water coming down over me. Like He's like, bitch this, bitch that. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, I'm like, P, it doesn't. You can't put water in a hip hop gangster music right, video like that. Right, 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 right. Right, 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 right. Like P, like P, P, P. Where is the water coming from? It's not raining in the hood today. What's going on? So he was like, fuck that. We're not shooting anything until I get some water. I want to have my shirt off and I want some water coming out in the middle of this thing. So we just took a water hose and we put some hose Holes in it and Jerry rigged the shit. Yeah. <laughs> And what's happening? And we shot the sick. Yeah, it was Unbe I mean, unbelievable. Hip hop music videos were great because, you know, these guys had these wacky ass ideas. Right. And you would have to, like, figure out how to do it, like, now. And they didn't give a fuck how it looks. It don't matter. They want some fucking water. Get some fat, <laughs> yeah, some fat black asses jiggling up and down. Exactly. We don't need wallpaper. Flying <laughs> some fat black asses. Put them on the pool. We ain't got a pool. Fuck it. Put some water on the grass. <laughs> That way you can, though. You can take $400,000 and make four music videos Absolutely. that way. You know, whereas if you were going to do it with a studio, where I'm, no, we got to bring in the, the right. rain machine, and right. yeah. no, we got to do right. all yeah. this and that. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. and that's, you know. Some of the classic music videos were, like, done for, you know, like, just on, you know, like, when you think about uh, uh, some of the great scenes, you know, uh, Big Pun gets out of fucking helicopter and hits the alarm switch. <laughs> Big pun. Rest in peace. Right, but that's what I'm saying. That's uh, classic. Big pun is helicopter. He's walking away from it and he hits the alarm on it, right? Like, you know, like they just had great ideas, yeah. you know, that were so off the hook and you just had to be able to go with it, you know. Right, yeah. right, right. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, so, okay, so music videos and then your first, your first, uh, non-music video uh, film? Was a, uh, it, was a, it was a horror film. And I, I don't talk about it a lot. Tell me, tell it me. It was a horrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I don't even watch horror films. Like, it was a, a, friend of, a friend of mine, we were talking, he was like, yo, we got to get to doing some movie shit. So he's like, he, had, he was a writer. Was that, was that Hood Rat? Hood Rat. Hood Rat. Yeah, see, Because you don't even want to talk about it. You know why you don't want to talk about it? Because I looked at IMDb, they fucking had that listed as Tara. <laughs> So here's where I understood how crazy the movie industry was, right? Because we had, okay, we had five or six ideas that we wanted to do, right? Really good ideas. Then he had this really crazy fucking idea for a horror film. 
So we go up to Universal. We get a meeting at Universal to talk about doing some films, you know. Right. And they said, okay, let's see what you got. So we go in, we pitch, you know, and we had some really good, strong story films, right? By the time I got to my car and we were driving out of the parking lot, we get a call. We really like that horror film. Now, the horror film was about a guy who falls in love with a rat. Right. And uses this rat to yeah, kill right everybody. Yeah, right there. Right there, you put the brakes on. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Bring the music video bitches back here. Get it rain. Make some water. Get a studio involved. That sounds like a perfect Out idea. Of all so of the so fucking bad. ideas. I mean, we have really great ideas, but the rat film is what. Yeah. And that yeah. was a you know. They, and, and and it's a and it's a black. It's a it's an all black cast. Yeah. Isaiah Washington. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah of course, of course, of course. First leading role. Of course. And you know. Yeah. And How many rats did that? you Who? have? Oh, you know that's the funny shit. In this movie, the the highest paid. In the movie were the rats because really? we had to have them trained, and Absolutely. we went up to Gentle Jungle, and it cost us two hundred thousand dollars of the budget. Master to- P, come here, man! What kind of shit is this? Two hundred thousand dollars for some fucking rats? I got rats in my motherfucking basement for free. Unbelievable! So, Unfucking believable! Yeah, it was a. Uh, so uh, I mean, look, look, okay. So, so you go from that. I mean, I got a whole list of all the films that I want to just go into every fucking film right, you've right, done. Right. Eventually, you 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 got into directing comedy videos, right? Like concert films, right? So the first one, the first after concert after, film, after after Tara. No, the first concert <laughs> film I did was called I got the I got the hookup comedy jam. Okay, and it was a it was a street like classic. That shit must have been sold in the back of Masterpiece <laughs> fucking truck because it wasn't on IMDb. Exactly. <laughs> I got the hookup. Eddie Griffin's first. Oh drink. really? What year was this? Uh, this was nineteen ninety. It had to be like ninety nine, right in there too. Yeah, no. It was they, like I Eddie Griffin that. was on the show. Cheryl Underwood's first okay. appearance. Okay. Um, Snoop was on the on the okay. joint. P was on a joint. Mystical was on it. Um, and we shot it here at the, uh, at the time, it's called the Universal Amphitheater. Now it's the Gibson Amphitheater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and so what it was, it was this big comedy concert with, with uh, the biggest rappers. Mm. And 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 probably so, sold like a million rappers copies. and comedy. Yeah, going in and out. Got it. You know what I mean. And and the craziest thing about that show was I'm I'm sitting in the control room shooting the show. Right, Snoop is on. A, he's killing it. He comes all that you know, whirling down the street, smoking in those sipping on gin and juice. He right. killed. Audience is going crazy. So Cheryl Underwood comes out. And she comes out with a bunch of strippers on stage. That's, she has these guys come out doing this, you know, stripper guys doing all this oh. stripper shit, right? <laughs> you know, before she comes out on stage. So all the chicks are like going crazy in the audience, right, right? Right, right. The next comedian comes out with some chicks just sort of dancing. And they started booing his ass, like, oh. yo, get this bitch out. <laughs> they started oh, shit. throwing stuff on stage. P, that bitch is brought naked motherfuckers on stage. Exactly. So they rebel the audience and they do not let the show go. They're like, you know, uh, Maestro was his name. Okay. He was the, he was the, oh, he was a comedian? Yeah, he was a comedian. He ain't a comedian no and more. He was the host of, of, of Soul Train at the time. Right? Really? So he's trying to do a set and they're like, boo, boo. He's like, come on, y'all, y'all gotta, boo, boo. And they start throwing shit. Come on, y'all. You ain't gonna say that shit. You gotta so take something right. out. So oh I'm my in the God. control room doing this show. Like, this is my first big sort of th- concert thing we're doing. And, and then all of a sudden, everybody runs off stage. 
Mystical was on stage doing, you know, one of his songs. Everybody runs off stage. What had happened was Snoop had just left uh, Death Row. Uh-huh. And he had joined with No Limit. Right. The Death Row cats had snuck backstage. Oh, shit. And nobody knew it. So when Snoop comes off stage and he's out there by himself, Master P and all those other cats. And so all the Death Row guys jump on Snoop. Oh, so shit. So I'm, I'm shooting a show and then just everybody just runs out. <laughs> folks, folks out there in podcast land, if you want the footage, call us or, or email me, Nestorious Public Radio. Email me. I got the footage. You've never seen this shit before. You've never seen Snoop get it rolled up on. We no. got the footage, okay? And then the craziest, so this is the second time in the show. First, you got the people mad at this comedian who doesn't give up female strippers. Yeah. Then you have at the climax of the show, oh my God. everybody runs off stage. So now you got, you got 10,000 So how did you audience. feel? You must have been like, what the fuck? I was like, what the hell is going on? But there was a little small comedian. His name is A.J. Johnson. Okay. You remember A.J. Johnson? I, yes. He got that place back in control. He, he fucking got up on stage, he, he got up on stage, took the mic, the and mic fucking racked and it, killed it. Really? That's what started his career. Wow. Wow. Because that day he was like, I mean, they were pissed. I mean, you got sure ten thousand people pissed. Ghetto motherfuckers yeah. too. Snoop and all them, they left. Because because I read that the tickets to that show were on the bottom of a twenty-five cent welfare juice, the little juice jugs. <laughs> like you bought one of them shits in the projects, and you win a ticket to go to that concert. So everyone in that mother. Was like, was, they weren't fucking. Forget nah. it. So, so yeah. So that was the first sort of big concert, and then that thing just became like a little classic in the neighborhood. It sold probably a million copies. Really, I didn't even see that. I mean, you, 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 you Rosemary has a, a IMDb Pro. Yeah, I have. It wouldn't be on there probably. Pro, yeah, yeah, because I, you know, it was just something that we. It's like we figured out how to do it that night. You so know? okay, so I mean, you, I mean, I. You're definitely going to come back and we talk about all your... I mean, it's just so but many you have, questions. You have a movie coming out next week. Yeah, let me explain. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, 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 yes. I don't want to not get to that. No, no, I definitely want to get to that. No, 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 but I wanted to get into Kevin Hart. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I wanted to get into, like, like real fast. I mean, you. how did you get involved with Shaquille O'Neal to do those uh, 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 all-star comedy jams? Well, we were looking around and... You saw one big, tall, black guy said, fuck it. <laughs> Pete, grab that motherfucker. We got $200,000. He's black. He's seven foot tall. Bring him in. No, we were we were looking around and we were going to these different events. Like, you know, a lot. I have a lot of friends that are professional ba- football, professional athletes. And at the All-Star Games, there was really nothing to do. You could either go to Michael Jordan's party or this party. But if you sort of just want to have a good time. It was a, there was nothing to do. Got it. So we, in Phoenix, we said, well, let's just do the all-star comedy jam. It started with Cedric. Got it. Cedric the Entertainer and Shaquille O'Neal presents all-star comedy. No, Cedric the Entertainer's still alive. Oh, wait a minute. You thinking about Bernie, Bernie Mac. Mac? Bernie Mac, dude. Yeah. So sorry. So it started with Cedric. Uh, can we cut that out of the show? <laughs> <laughs> I do that shit. All black people look alike. Yo, I do that shit. I did that shit before. It's hey. not just the white people that do it, man. Shit. Seriously, there's proof. He's Puerto Rican. <laughs> Big up Cedric the Entertainer. I just fucking killed you on the radio show. You got about 30 more fucking years to live. I do that shit sometimes, man. <laughs> so we said, look, let's try to do this. And the N- 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 NBA was like all against it. You know, it was really hard to do. So what we did is we found a little theater and, and it was in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I had been noticing like what I, who I thought were really good comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I went to Kevin Hart, who was like really struggling at this time. 
And, and this and I, early on in his career. Yeah, and I said, it was 2008. And I said to him, I, I said to Kevin, Cedric, uh, uh, Tommy Davidson, um, Ari Spears. I said to these cats, hey, man, let's just do like a, instead of you guys all doing one show where it's just you as an hour, let's do a comedy-themed sports thing at the NBA All-Star. And I want to shoot it. And I didn't have a deal or anything. I was just like, I know if we shoot this, you can sell it at we the can back sell end it truck. On the back end, and we can make it happen. <laughs> you can sell it on the back of your truck and be like, Ralph, hey yo, you want some comedy DVDs? The, the funny story about that is, I think we paid Kevin that night. I want to say maybe like ten thousand dollars. Wow, total. That's pretty nice for that thing. No, it was nothing. Because Whoa, <clears throat> that's that's his his pay and profit and take. Yeah, that was his. It was a buyout for him. Buyout, got it, <clears throat> got it. So, but that Shit, give me ten thousand dollars for fucking that relaunched his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two years later, we, I go to do Kevin as a one hour, <clears throat> and in two years, I went from paying him ten thousand dollars in one night, and when we did Laugh at My Pain, we had to pay him seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right, night. right. So, right. so the Shaquille O'Neal All Star Comedy Jam became this platform that sort of you know really boost. Right. You know, the careers of comedians. It was a lot of fun doing it, but we had no idea that it was going to really be, because there was nothing else. There's no deaf comedy jam. There's and, no and place for these my comedians pain, to go out. Laugh at My Pain <clears throat> grossed $15 million as a concert. Yes. Not, not the concert movie, but just the, the, the tour. As a tour. As a tour. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. For a comedy tour. Absolutely. It's a lot of fucking money. Right. You know? Yeah, Master P would have to sold 50 million fucking <laughs> records, fucking rubber bands with his name on it, dental floss, Afro picks, and all kinds of shit to come up with that shit. 50 million. And this was why, over a period of like a month, month and a half, what, the comedy tour? Laugh in my pain? No, it, it was out maybe like three or four months. Three or four months. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so the interesting thing about it is that, like, so we got into doing a lot of, there was a lot of demand for comedy, stand-up comedy concerts, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So where I started off doing films and stuff, I got into this comedy concert stuff, and it was like, okay, no, I'm getting pigeonholed as this sort of stand-up comedy director. That's not, I mean, this was just like some side stuff that, right. you know, but it just was like, boom. But you really can't make a living doing it. Right. So You can't make a living directing comedy concerts. No. No. Right. Yeah, because that's a, that's a very specific. It's a buyout type right. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, but, so, so, okay. So this was your idea. Yeah. The All-Star. Right. Shaquille. You know Kevin Hart. Tommy Davidson. So you do the first one. So it kind of becomes like a, you know, a package thing. Yeah, but Hey, was, you want to do another it one? It was crazy successful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. We did over 700,000 DVDs. With no, no, no. Absolutely. Yeah. So then that, so then another one. Hey, yo, you want to do another one in yeah, Dallas? We, we, Dallas? You want to do another one in South Beach? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So right? it became this ongoing sort of brand. So to get into the all-star arena there, you knew Shaquille. You right. knew some of the players because some of them were <clears throat> your friends from, from sports right. and killing motherfuckers. Right. You used to just go around knocking well, motherfuckers you know, in the head. Yeah, you know, do what you got to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not like Hernandez, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but I, I guess what I want to get at is, like, there's no real, like, oh, I know John Schmagegowitz, and he's the producer on my last film, so he's going to bring me into that film. It seems to me like you, from the onset, cut out your, you know, you carved out your, your niches. Yeah, well, Not I took it from niche. A, I, when I went to college, by the way, and I, I sort of passed over this. I didn't study film. Right. I studied economics. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I always understood that science precedes art. Mm -hmm. And what I meant by that was the science of art in this sense is finance. Mm -hmm. You know, without the money to do what we have visions to do. Mm. You know what I mean? We can't do what we have to do. So I, I grew up in a very artistic world. Right. So when I went to college, I had to figure out money. So now right. I'm looking at things and saying, okay, well... 
it, the doors were not open for when you're coming in saying, I'm a black director and I want to do something. You know what I mean? People were looking at you like, get the hell out of here. First of all, back. You grew up in Pacoima. Pacoima, California. Now, just real quick, describe Pacoima back in, what, what were we talking about? <laughs> Mid-60s, Pacoima, late 60s, yeah. early 70s, 70s black kid, yep. working class family. That, that, you, no, no, poor. No. Yeah, poor. Not working. working. I say working no, class. Working poor. Working poor. You know, yeah, you I say working class, right. confusing it with, <laughs> no, 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 seriously, there's right. a God's honest truth. Right. Confusing it with parents that had to work, bust their fucking ass. That's not working class. No. Yeah. Poor fucking working inner city. Six days a week. Both of my parents worked six days a week, and we were poor. And so you we and, and you went poor. to college, and you got a degree in economics. Yes. And like, where? How did that come about? Well, I was like, I was the kind of dude that was like, uh, uh, I was very athletic coming mm -hmm. up, mm -hmm. you know. But I was also sort of smart. Mm -hmm. But I didn't pay attention to that side of it. Right. But when I first got to college on a little scholarship. Athletic scholarship. I was sitting next to a little chick, and she said, "Why don't you? Don't you wish you could do your own work?" And I was like, Whoa. "Do your own work?" Yeah, you know, because we had people helping us and shit. You know, you little tutors and oh, I got it, got it, got it. So I, at that moment, I became as aggressive with my education as I was on the field, hmm. uh -huh. and I transformed myself from at that moment. I was really good athlete, borderline D C student. And I became a straight A student. And so then by the time I got to graduate school, it was on full scholarship. So you academic. gave up the fucking athletic bullshit. Yeah, you can't talk that shit to me. Right, right, right. Because there ain't no money in that. <laughs> got it. Got it. So, got so it. if the little chick didn't say that to me, it and might you're not like, and, 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 and you're like what? 5'10"? 5'10", yeah. 5'10", fucking all muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to look. They don't even have a picture of you and I in DB. They're like, yo, yo. <laughs> He's too <laughs> big, man. He wouldn't yo, fit in the yo, yo, yo. They're like, yo, we don't want you to. Don't worry about what he looks like. Don't worry about what he looks like, okay? Right. But I'm gonna take a picture. I'm gonna put it on the Skid Row so underneath my Skid Row Studio episode. Now, nah, cause my man's my man's like a fucking linebacker. Five <laughs> ten linebacker, fucking neck cracker. Hilarious. <laughs> 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 Unbelievable. <laughs> so all right, all right. So 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 we'll go. So the whole thing about carving out a niche was to say that because I wanted to do this, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to let just because somebody else doesn't share my vision, you know, stop me. So right. we, I started figuring out ways to raise money, create right. relationships with distributors, but it's always, always independent. Right. And the problem with Hollywood is they don't recognize that shit. No. And now you come to learn it. That's like, okay, I've done a bunch of work. Right. They're like, we don't give a fuck. But it's not legitimized yeah, in their eyes. it's not legitimate. It's like, I can't right. walk onto a set and get a job. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody right. will give me a script. Even though you, even you didn't though, do it like we do it. Right, so exactly. No, no, so even though right. it's way more complicated. What you did? Right. Yeah. Right. It's crazier. Because you have to go from beginning to end. It's not like you walk on a set, it's, it's already D built. Dude, dude, yeah. go back to the fucking example of E-40 Master right. P. Exactly. You know, on the surface, it'll look like... Well, fuck, that's easy. Nah. My ass, my ball sack, that's not easy. That's harder. Oh, my Think God. Think about it. If you get a job, right, if you mm -hmm. get a job in the entertainment industry, right. you become a big record executive, right. a big record producer. You're a talent scout. You find somebody. You find Master P. You give him a record contract. You He, he makes money for you. You make money. He becomes a star. He ain't got to do shit. He's just Master P. When you got to start from scratch... 
Print your shit. Sell it. Distribute it. Package yourself. Do it again and do it again and do it again. And that, that's what you've done. I mean, you've 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 gone from. I think there's a there's a system in place already in Hollywood. The there's Hollywood a system, system in place, and so anything or anybody that comes along, it, it's fine if the, if you get on their radar and then they sort of co-opt you. Right. But if you're going to continue to be on that path, that really is almost threatening to the system that they have. There is some, you know, I met a director the other night, this guy, Peter O'Fallon, who's got this show legit. And I know him from, he was a producer director on a network show that I directed. And he's now out there. He calls himself a director writer. Wow. Because he's on FX, taking the Louis C.K. Louis Louis C.K. model, and he's writing shows directing them, all of them himself, and FX is it's low budget, but the whole thing is his. And he's sort of carving his own way, thanks to Louis C.K., another comedian who's, like, empowered himself. Right. To, like, this is my deal. And if you don't, if you don't go, out of bud- go over budget and they give you a little bit of money, like Master P, this is what I got, this is what I want to do, then they're okay. Certain networks will do that. And it's sort of more and more happening so maybe there's a chance for people like us to actually do our own thing. Right. Well, I did something like that about two years ago. I assembled a cast, and we did a sitcom. We shot eight episodes. And I shot eight episodes. Uh, the average budget per episode was about $100,000. Wow. And it was called One Love. And it was really good. It was done really nicely. It was actually Sherman Hemsley's last project. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, and... Uh, you know, it was a lot of bidding for it and that kind of thing. Uh, the problem was is that we had gotten money from one executive producer, and he didn't like the deal that the station that wanted to air the sitcom, wanted. he wanted more. Right. So he wouldn't sign it. So the show never got picked up, but it was finished. But when I use that as a calling card, you know what they'll say? Because it's a funny show. It's great. It's done. Four cameras. It's brilliant. They'll say, oh, yeah, but it didn't air. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hold on. Hold on. I got Hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, you got a Hummer? You got a Hummer? So you must not know what you're doing now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I got a seat. Hold on, you got a Hummer? I got an SUV? Let's go sell them shit. <laughs> exactly. Put them in the, in the I'm telling you. I have, so what do you do with them then? Who owns the rights to them? They're, you know, the rights are just, they're there, you know what I mean? But the, there's a writer who created the, you know. It's a collaboration, yeah, it's so a there's collaboration. a few people that there's own the rights people. to it. But the, the interesting thing is when you see the show, you're thinking like, okay, I saw this somewhere, right? It's funny, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, okay, well, look, here, take a look at this. And they'll say, come back to me and say, yeah, but where did it air? I'm like, in front of your face. You just watched it, motherfucker. Where the fuck did it? No, 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 no. No, because remember, it was finished. It was done. The deal was done. It was going to air at the last minute. One of the executives producers. So it's finished. So as fucking it's stupid. about to air on television. So when you're looking at it, you're seeing, you know, all the commercials, yeah. everything's there. And it just didn't hit the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was finished for the air. And, and they were going to buy, they were going to buy like 65 episodes. But this fool wouldn't do the deal. Unbelievable. So. You should just you know. tell them it aired. Just right. some of they won't yeah. know. Oh, well. exactly. I was on uh, 3 a.m. on TNT back in... But, uh, but that goes to your point. Like, you know, it's like you do these kind of things, and that's what we have to do. I mean, yeah. I just believe that, you yeah. know, no matter what they say is no, yeah. I'm every day I, I wake up and I sort of think about how do I make get a job? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How do yeah, I make yeah. a living? Well, yeah. well, how do you create your own destiny, <laughs> right. really? So, I mean, because... Well, how do you empower yourself? Right. Well, well you're a business, and you're, and you're an artist, but you're really trying to embrace the business. Right. You're not and just living in a cloud somewhere no. trying to do something nobody wants to watch. Leslie. You want to have an audience? 
No, or you throw in general. I mean, a lot of us artists. Yeah. We want to create things that people are going to want to watch. Yeah, you want to you want to do good to... shit. You want to yeah. create good content. You want right. to create a good comedy fucking concert. You right. want to create. I mean, anybody can fucking get a three camera fucking setup with a, with, 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 with a crane and 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 you you can get you can get an audience to fill up any fucking amphitheater. You can get any comedian mm -hmm. to get on stage. Right. It's all been fucking done. Right. What are you going to do that's going to be different? Different. Right. Right. What? What are you going to do that you can say, I directed that? Right. Yeah. I, I, and, and, and this is how I did it. I got this person together, that person together. But at the end of the day, I don't think the business gives a shit about all that. You know what I mean? And that's the crazy part because you, you, I think one of the misnomers I think came from me was the notion of this idea that you work hard, you learn your craft, you know, you do all these things. I've done everything from single camera to multi camera to. You know, multi-camera scripted, multi-camera live, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. concerts, sports. Mm -hmm. There's not been a type of format that I haven't, that you haven't shot done. well. Mm -hmm. And they don't give, it's, who gives a fuck? They don't care. Like, that's not, They're like, that can't <laughs> be your calling card. Right. Here's the funny thing. I was in a meeting and a kid had taken a camera, right? And he just went by a, um, a set and he just had his, his iPhone. He just sort of. And then he like he, the, he 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 panned his panned, iPhone, right. and then like if you were the uh, the, the wardrobe person, he voiced over saying, and you would be your, his voiceover would be, oh fuck the director, he don't know what to do, and I should be directing this, right? So he just did this sort of little pan and sort of you know did these voiceovers, and he got jobs from that. Yes, yeah. oh yeah, but this like with some shit like this, yeah. right? It's like yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Yes. I know. I know he can do the job, but can he get the job? Well, here's the deal. No, but here's That's the deal. Story. No, here's the deal. Here's the here's the other part of the equation that that a lot of people overlook, especially people in our business right. and people who are trying to be creative and 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 put good content out there. What's missing is gimmick. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the element, and that kid that you're talking about, that's what he had. He had a gimmick. He had the iPhone. Yep. It's panning. He brings it home. He don't even bring it home. He right. Bluetooths that shit to his Absolutely. computer. He fucking in GarageBand does the lay, lays over the fucking audio of of the wardrobe girl of the director. Does it in five minutes. And he's working. Oh my god! <laughs> oh oh, Tyrone, you did that? Oh my god! Anyway, it's 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 a shame. It's a fucking shame because uh, well, it's good for him though. Yeah, it was great for him. No, yeah, no, no, it's great. For, I'm, I don't know. Hey, Tyrone, he did that. He empowered, oh, himself. So he empowered himself. He did something. He empowered himself, and he's now got a job. Big up Tyrone, you card carrying, <laughs> Apple TV smoking motherfucker. Big up. Like, who the fuck I'm is not Tyrone? hating him. Well, Tyrone's a fictional <laughs> name I gave to him. Because, I, I, you know, I was assuming right, he's a right. young, hip, black kid. But, but, you know, here's the interesting thing. And I think, like, uh, I think the thing that with, like, Rosemary, like, she's one of the few people that I've spoken with out here where she has a spirit of collaboration. Right. Right? Where right. it's like, she's not like, I got this and you right. fucking stay over right, here. Right, 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 right. You know, and I think more of that is necessary as right. well. You know, right. the idea that, you know, it, this shit is not a secret. Yeah, you but you don't mean? find that. As, uh, all right. Look, no, it's. You know, you know. Um, you're not in a rush, are you? No. But I would just want to oh, say, say. It's a little hot in here, but I just want to say. Oh, I'm good. Because we ain't, we ain't going to fucking, uh, you know, I'm just going to go. We're going to just kick it a little bit, and I, I don't want to rush this well, shit. Well, I just want to pay tribute to, in the spirit of collaboration, because you used the word that I love. Mm -hmm. And and the DGA just nominated are, are, first are time okay? ever. Um, are we okay if we go over? DGA just nominated first time ever a black Gay president, yes. Paris Barkley. Yes. Um, who is. Big up! Big up, yes. Paris 
later on, too. Great change of the guard at the DGA, and big I think the change. spirit of collaboration. No, that's a big deal. That's yes. a big deal. The spirit of collaboration is a big theme and a topic that we discuss right now, mm -hmm. and we have a lot more women now. Like we added four more members, to which the board. is like, great. Like we've just got it. Just it's looking different, mm -hmm. and it's all about bringing people in. And right. people with new energy, new yeah. enthusiasm. Well, well you, 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 you're talking about, and I, I want to go back also. We're gonna, we go all over the place. I want to go back to you, the last project that you just came from your screening. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I want to talk about that. But you're, you're right. Rosemary is a collaborator. The thing about Rosemary is that she's always looking for the next thing to do. Not right. the next cool thing to right. do. Okay. Not the next, like, right thing the next thing to do, right? And she's always working. She's always doing something. She's always proactive in her own career, in her own destiny, which is something that I, like, admire. And that's something it seems like you do as Absolutely. well. That's something that you guys have in common. Right. She told me when when she met you, she told me, oh, I met this guy. He directs uh, comedy, concert films, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, nah, I never heard of him, whatever. So we're going to have dinner and stuff like that. And she told me that you had gone to the director's uh, guild. Uh, what was it? It was a dinner? Panel, yeah. It was a panel. And, 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 you know, it's like you were, you guys were talking and you felt like an outsider and blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and it's like, that's, you yeah, know. But I wasn't the cool kid on the panel. He really almost wasn't going to talk to me. That's all right. Grabbed him by the elevator. You? And then it's like, wait, you got a movie coming out? A Lionsgate movie being released on 2,000 screens with Kevin Hart and you don't have a representation? Yeah. I'm going to try to help you because yeah. that's ridiculous. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Go back to this. So you weren't the cool kid on the panel no, he and wasn't he wasn't going to no. talk to you? It's no. such bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> she was the only cool kid on the panel. You know? So, but you see, that's how she is. That's how she is. She'll, she'll be like, she, this is what I'm saying. She'll be like, what? And and you know, and and, and that's how it is. Perfect example. Okay, so you have a Lionsgate film, right? So Lionsgate is distributing this film. Is releasing it. Is yes. release, releasing yes. it. Kevin Hart, yes. who you just spoke about, who in 08 was struggling. Right. And you got him up on fucking right. All-Stars. Right. And 2008, we're talking about what? Five years ago? Yeah. And that wasn't the beginning of his career. No, he had been around for a He'd while. He'd been around he for a while. He just needed something to, you know, introduce him to a different audience. Because stand-up comedy is right. like that. No, 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 no. Bear with me. We're going to jump all over the place. Comedians, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about collaboration. Comedians are some of the most self-absorbed. Uh. Like, like, don't want, like... Uh, you know, just they ain't going to collaborate with you. They're hating on you. This guy sucks. Blah, blah, blah. So you look at a guy like Kevin Hart, who's fucking hilarious on, 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 on like all different, you know, if you, if you guys don't know out there, seriously, I know it, there's so many comedians out there, right? Right. If you don't know who Kevin Hart is, big the fuck up Kevin Hart, okay? <laughs> Google Kevin Hart, YouTube Kevin Hart. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I swear to God, you will laugh and you're going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? Right. Okay? And now, so every comedian, because comedy is hard, man. Yes. I mean, I've done stand-up comedy. I've done stand-up comedy. And I'd be like, man, fuck this. I ain't doing this shit no more. Yeah. Not because... The audiences suck, right? Because not not be just because the business, the it's money, the hard business, the hard business is like, oh fuck, I gotta suck this dude's ass just so I can get ten minutes of stage time at this stank ass fucking comedy club. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then I gotta be hanging out at a comedy club till two in the morning with these assholes that I don't need. I don't want to. I don't want to be near them. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I want to hang out with people I like. Right. Not people that uh, I'm hanging out with them because if I don't hang out with them, I won't get a spot at this joint. You know, blah, blah, blah. So there always comes a point where you have to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, as a comedian, especially, otherwise you get stagnant. Everybody wants to be an A-list comedian. Everybody wants to be a fucking G-list comedian. You know what I mean? And it's just like, w- w- when do you get to where you're going to get to? And here you come in, and you get Kevin Hart, and you saw something in him, obviously, or, I mean, something happened between you guys. Well, what happens to me, like, my background, I grew up in a little theater. There was a little theater in a park where I grew up. And... We went into this little theater and opened it up, rebuilt it, painted it. And a guy that was a big Broadway guy happened to move into the neighborhood. His name was Hal DeWint. And he came into that little theater and taught us how to do play. This is up in Pacoima? In Pacoima. Wow. And we had, I would imagine I probably had a Ph.D. in theater. Wow. We learned everything. Because remember, this is a little abandoned building. Sure. So we... Tapped the power into the city, got the lights going. We learned everything from staging, Called character Master analysis. P to get the water in. All of that. Yeah. <laughs> so coming from that background, then he would bring like really great, great actors around huh. to talk to us. Because there's actors out yeah. here. But I'm talking about like, I'm talking about Sidney Poitier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wow. talking about wow. James Earl Jones. Wow. Uh-huh. I'm talking about these cats. Uh, Roscoe Lee Brown would come in and read poetry wow. to us. Like, we're in the neighborhood, but wow. this little small place, wow. because we were trying to invent theater or reinvent theater here on the West Coast, because there's no theater. Right, right, right. right. It's, not a, it's not a theater town. And so we were introduced to all of these incredible minds. Um, I tell people all the time, like Barry White, Marvin Gaye. I was a kid, like, hanging out with these guys. Wow. Right? And so I saw really talented people. Mm. Not quasi-talented people, but people that are historically talented. Mm, mm. So when you come from that environment, you now know when you spend time with those kind of people, there's something about when they walk in the room. Mm. They they fill the room up. Mm. Like they, they literally, they just take all of the energy in the room. Mm-hmm. And a great comedian will do that. Mm-hmm. When he gets on stage, the difference to me and comedians mm-hmm. are, well, one comedian can be on stage, he can be funny as hell. Right. But you don't feel him. Right. You laugh, right. but he doesn't galvanize the room. Well, Kevin was, I mean, I work with Bernie Mac, Steve Harvey, yeah. all of these guys. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Monique, walks into a room. You Monique, work with everybody. All of them. Kevin DL. was one of those cats <laughs> that was way different. He galvanizes mm. the room. And when I saw that, I was like, Whoa. And he's not a tall dude. No, nah, he's 5'4". <laughs> <laughs> but his he's energy... Stocky, though. He's Yeah, his energy galvanizes the room. Yeah. And, and and Richard Pryor did that. Oh. Eddie Murphy did oh. that. Like, these guys that are, like, are legendary. Yeah. And Kevin has that same... Really? That same... Ex- there's no doubt. Well, I mean, I was just watching a, 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 a bits of his kids, you right. know, his children. Right. Shit is hilarious. Oh, he's hilarious. It's simple. Yes. It's simple. Yeah. And it's shit that we've all grown up. I mean, how many times did your mother give you a stare, right? Mama, you know, and the way he's the way he does it. He's not overacting it. That's a that's a gift to do that. Yeah. The first time I heard him, I was in the middle of a really stressful, really shitty job. Mm-hmm. And I was just in a foul mood. And in New Teamsters, York. big up to Teamsters. Um <laughs> Big up your fucker! Big up Team Stars! Love it. Big up your cooler ice cream cake bringing motherfucker! No, but I was in a rough 
place, and I got in. You know, it's like six in the morning. Get in the van. This guy puts on. Oh, I burned the CD for you. Puts the CD in, and it was Kevin Hart talking about his father growing up. Oh yeah. Like, oh my God. I remember. I oh yeah. I, I was am. crying. By the time I went to work, I was hilarious. I totally forgot my troubles, and I just had. It was a great start. And, to the and day. I hadn't heard of Kevin. You right. know what I mean? And she I goes, was telling you, yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, do you know this comedian Kevin Hart? And I love when people say this to me because, like, I'm a comedian. So I don't know fucking. There's a million comedians. Right. There's so yeah, but many. I'm married to a great comedian, so but, but, I don't, uh, it takes a lot to make me laugh. No, no, no. no. I get to laugh. Right. Like, no, no. But what I'm saying is, when someone says, funny. "Do you know this comedian?" I could tell you like five of them, and you're like, "Oh, whatever." You probably know them all. Yeah. Right, Leslie. But so, so I didn't know who he was. But I'm like, why didn't I know who he was? Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, why? Right. You know what I mean? Which is interesting about that because in when we did the movie Laugh at My Pain, I got Larry King to right. interview Kevin and his father. The oh, guy that wow. he was telling. Because the father is really a drug addict. Wow. Who abandoned his son. Wow. So if you look and at the movie. his father is in that? His real yes, father? I oh, wow. sat him, Larry King, and his wow. father. And he talked to them about. For the movie. For the movie. It's smart. in the movie. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the movie, Larry King is sitting there That's interviewing his smart. father and him, talking to, and it's hilarious. It's the funniest shit in the world because his father literally, we he's coming off the streets, right into seeing wow. fucking Larry King. Right, 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 right. <laughs> he's taking usually, this is usually like too real for him. Wow. Right? Yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah. Usually, you take a break from reality to right. smoke crack. He's taking a crack. He's taking a break from smoking crack to do some reality shit. Larry, I only. I have two seconds. I gotta go back and hit the pipe in about five minutes. Go! And the funny shit is, after about the third or fourth take, he's now like, well, Larry, you know. Now, he's, now he wants to take Larry's job over. Yeah, that's funny, man. That's funny shit. And like, Larry was like, when I called him, I was like, I just called him to see if he would do it. I'm right, like, yo, right, fuck right, it. Right. You can't do nothing but ask, right? He's like, you got one hour. And so it's funny because he's sitting there Leslie, interview, Leslie, you his, have one hour. Takes his fucking watch off, and he's looking at that mother. Now, he's engaged. But he know. Well, he, his whole thing is by the top. But, you know, <laughs> there's a clock. Yeah, yeah. At, 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 at 59 minutes, you start uh, to see, like, right, right. but it was great. His clock is counting back. Right. You know, most clocks go zero, one, two. His shit is at 59, and it starts going 58. So, so, so what's different in this movie? This movie's interesting because we traveled all over the world. And we did a lot of sketches, too. A lot of sketches. We do a lot of sketches and stuff. Like, in the first movie we did with him, we did a, a, a spoof on Reservoir Dogs. Mm -hmm. You know, we did the whole bank robbery and stuff. Oh, in the hilarious. first movie? Yeah, and, and Laugh at My Pain. In this movie, we I do gotta some see spoofs this. and stuff as well. Um, we do a lot of sketches. But the idea in this movie is, is Kevin's a nobody. You know, he's popular. In this one. In, yeah, in America. But he's not shit overseas. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go to places like Oslo, Amsterdam. Stockholm. Stockholm. We went all over the world. Stockholm, oh, nice. where, where black people don't exist. Exactly. So, what, so what is he explaining? He's explaining all of the crazy shit that happened to him this year, right? But it's oh. all over the world. Oh, nice. But the great thing about it is in every one of those countries, he sold out. He even sold out the O2 Arena in London at 19,000 people. Wow. Now, okay, now why is that? Because of YouTube. Oh, okay, yeah. because and that's what we discovered. Like his all of the little skits that we've been doing over the years, you like we constantly them on shooting skits and posting them on YouTube. We're always like fishing for ideas, comedy ideas, right? 
And they knew every one of his lines and every one of those skits wow. and every one of his little characters. They didn't know who he was, though. All over the world. Yeah, they did. That's why they showed That's up the whole for point. him. And, and so... No, I'm I, saying, no, I'm saying, I'm saying. They knew him from YouTube, but they didn't right. know who he was? Yeah, they knew who he was. Okay, yeah. Kevin, that's what I'm saying. You Like, he had bigger receptions over there than he did here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But it I, freaked us out because we were expecting to go to these countries. The comedy was going to be, he shows up at a theater in Oslo, right. and it's just him and two people. And he was... Right. Very diplomatic. That's There'll be a point. thousand people there that'll right. be going, yeah, right. okay, ah. Uh. But so we were expecting no one to be there. That was going to be the comedy of this was going to be. He goes, does a world tour, right. and nobody shows up. Like that was going to be the comedy. Gotcha, right? gotcha, gotcha. But gotcha. They every do fucking shit, place we went was sold out. Forget showed up. There were lines around the corner. They do shit. They're starving for entertainment. So, 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 Initially, you thought it was going to be like that, but because unbeknownst to you, right. Got it, got it. And See, because well, that must have been we great for him. Yeah, we weren't paying attention to YouTube. Mm. You know, we didn't. Uh, you don't know how big a phenomenon you know. YouTube is around the world, right? Well, in this case, because no one knew. Like you could say, and part of, and you see, there's a sketch. He's standing in London in the square, and he's walking and say, "Hey, do you know me?" And everybody's just walking by him like it's crazy. <laughs> I'm a famous comedian from America. Well, not for nothing, <laughs> but the last two weeks before that, right. two weeks before that, a black guy with a similar accent fucking shanked right. a soldier in the neck. No, I remember that. So they were like, "Yo!" But the funny thing is, is no one knew him, right? But the O2 Arena, again, we sold out because the kids that watch o, uh, YouTube, YouTube, it was all kids that showed up. Wow. Yep. Awesome, man. Yep. And so, and so, like I said, we were going to do this comedy thing. It was this whole spoof on nobody knowing him all around the world. But it turned it into... Turned into something bigger. Yeah, huge. And so we, we did other spoofs. That's awesome. So, That's yeah. Nice. Got it. Yeah, but it was going to be... I mean, I, we came up with a hilarious idea. We're going to be in these fucking arenas like... you know. <laughs> With like three people laughing and, and shit. You were gonna, and, and, and you were gonna. That was kind of a good backfire right. for you. Yeah, exactly. That was a luxury. And you were gonna record this shit and yeah. then do a concert movie like it was, yeah. back home. Right. Well, that shit don't matter anyway. <laughs> that's funny. So, well, that's yeah. good, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait to see. So, when does that? But, but when does that uh, air? When 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 is the release date? I'm July third. July third. That's yeah. a great day. Yeah, next week. July third is a yeah. great day. Yeah. And it's tracking really well. So here's here's our here's our challenge. Just so you know, Kings of Comedy was the most successful right. yeah. uh, stand-up film. Right, it did nine million dollars this first right. weekend. Right, so you know that's and, a lot. Yeah, and you're so, gonna blow that away. And we're tracking. So we're tracking. Hold on, hold on. I want to know what we can do. So that's the, you're saying that's the that's, that's the, the dilemma thing for that first weekend is because we want to say we could do better than Kings of Comedy. You will. Right, and so well, that's if you do that. Doing. Like that's yeah, that's incredible. Then we're gonna talk about bigger things. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a fucking uh, uh, a flat plantain based uh, sitcom. We're just gonna go crazy and do all kinds of wacky shit. So don't worry right, about it. Right, right, right. So, so. Uh, July third. All right. So yep. July third uh, is a is a is a, that's a fucking great date. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean, and yeah. it's it's going to be released in New York, in Los Angeles. It's released so nationwide. Nationwide, two thousand yeah. theaters, two thousand theaters, two thousand theaters. That's a big fucking release. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You said you said two thousand theaters before, but I'm thinking, okay, the big cities. No, no, no. That's a major release. Fucking a, man. Yeah, that's a major. Fucking release. Fucking a. Yeah. <laughs>
Exactly. It's 2,000, but I said 200,000, okay? That's <laughs> good. Caller, how are you? Oh, wait. Oh. I can't hear you. Is this, am I on the air? It's Maria. Hey, hi, Maria. How what's, are you? What's going um, on? I'm, I'm really enjoying the show, which is going overtime, so I'm glad I got it, but I actually have a question. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, questions for, bo for both Rosemary and your other guests, and that's basically... Leslie, Leslie Small. Yeah, Leslie Small. I'm sorry. That's okay. I got his name wrong. Okay, so, so here's a question. Um, knowing both of their work, it's like you can uh, put up all these wonderful things on, on YouTube and everything, but when you finally get hired to do so-called legitimate work, you know, that you get paid for and DGA covered and all that, um, it often isn't in the voice that you have created. Um, and uh, basically, you're going to live dual lives for a while to do this kind of paid work. Um, how do you how do you handle that? Because it's kind of a pain in the ass, and you're going to get known for one thing and get hired to do maybe kind of bland stuff. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you that's the the motivation for uh, why I want to make a movie this summer. Why I'm going to empower myself to make a movie. Hey Maria, do you have do you have porno on in the background? I hear I hear some. No, I I have my iPad with you guys. Oh, I thought you were, oh, I thought you were watching like Scandinavian porno. Because it sounded like that. So you guys sound on an iPad. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Good, I'm sorry. I think you're always we're always trying to. I I'm not gonna speak for Leslie, but I'm always trying to. To um, find ways to express who I am as an artist, even within the realm of a show that's somebody else's, because we're all storytellers. And so you're handed a script, and you have a you know you have scenes that you have to do, but you have your own vision for it. So I think you know you sort of run with that as long as you can, and then you get squashed for as long as you can. And then you know, right now I'm I'm just in a place where I can't do that right now. I need to I really need to do my own thing. Yeah, and, and my experience is different than Rosemary's because Rosemary's been hired to do those kind of things. Um, part of what part part of what we do or what I do is come up with something that I think is hot to do, and then we go try to figure out how to do it. Um, hmm. It's it's less security. There's like, like we don't make a lot of money. There's not the financial security there, but you know, you it, it, it's expressive. But the difference is, I may do one or two projects every couple of years because it takes time to raise the money to get it done. Da 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 da. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're working in the studio system, you could be doing ten or fifteen, twenty projects a year. So mm, ideally, um, but maybe not. That's what all, I'm saying. So with all the cost blocking so, that goes on. Yeah. So the best case world would be to be able to do some stuff in the studio system and at the same time do like what Rosemary's doing this summer and go create something that's your baby that you're going to give birth to and that you're going to see through. So I think that it's a combination of the two that makes it I think it it's really important, though, because I started out making my own movie first and then just, just with, sort of... With, 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 with our own money. With our own money, like making a feature first and having that experience as an artist first right. and then sort of navigating going inside the business and, like, trying to move move my way through that. So... But I wouldn't want to just be in that system right. without having had that experience. Because right. then I wouldn't know who I was in an, as right. an artist. And I wouldn't know how to, like, push against what was given to me and make it my own. You know, which a lot right. of people do. And I know people have been like, 
on shows and, and TV directors, even a comedy director I know has just done comedy for TV and then was given a feature and didn't even realize that she could make it her own. Like she wow. was waiting for people to sort of be like, what do you do? Looking around yeah. like, well, is this okay? Is this okay? You know? And it's like, no, you're a movie director now. Like go, but go she didn't know. It. She learned that lesson the hard way. Yeah. Who, who is that? Can uh, say it doesn't name? matter. <laughs> no. I want to know. No, no, I want to no, know no. so I can introduce her to Master P. <laughs> <laughs> introduce me to Master P. I know. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's now, free. here's a question Go for, for um, Leslie, because I know, you know, Rosemary, because I worked with you and I, and I love you and all that, and, you know, you are trying to create your own work for television as well. Leslie, would that appeal to you if you were given a chance to create some, you know, half-hour comedies or a dramedy or something? Because you know all the comedians. Mm. You know oh, definitely. How to work it. If yeah, you had enough definitely. I mean, I think that I think there's room for it. I mean, the comedy people love to laugh. I love to laugh, and yeah. I mean, I think there's always room for comedy. You know, um, and I, yeah, I've, we've tried that, and we're going to keep trying until we get yeah. something on the yeah. air. But yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I think again, getting a show on the air, being able to create it, create characters, and design them, and then you know, give them life over five years would be a wonderful journey. I mean, that's that's just a great thing to do. I mean, can you put that series that you created that's sitting nowhere? Can you put that on YouTube? I'm about to try to figure that out. Yeah, because okay. they can't do anything to me. Like you know, so. You know, I want to How about webisodes? How about like quality webisodes? Is that so much more of um, you know the playing field now? And some of those, you know, I, I produced a couple of webisodes last year that were animated, but those can be glommed together as half hours or twenty minutes sometimes, and would have a half hour life as well as ten minute segments, seven minute segments. Yeah, I did a webisode last year. It's called Preachers' Wives. It, it was really funny. Uh, I did it for um, Google. For, uh, okay. And um, the hardest, the, the problem with webisodes, though, is that most of the stuff that I do has to have a return to it because I actually uh. go out and raise money. And so when you're raising money, you know, people want to make their money back. And right. so one of the stumbling blocks with a webisode is it's hard to sort of convince people that there's, you know, we're just doing this. And uh, how, really, how do you, how do you, how do you generate revenue? Yeah. So one of the problems that you have in the independent side is, is that when you're raising money and you don't have like some major corporation or something behind you, you've got to do something that is sellable, you know. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and the moment someone loses money with you. They're not coming back to you, and they will tell people that they lost money with right. you. So, so part of part of the sort of thing that I, you know, have to so when you deal say, with. So when you say it has to be some of it, it has to be sellable. Yes. So th that kind of gave not that you said this, but it kind of gave me the idea that maybe at that point there may be some sort of compromise. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so yeah. So for instance, like I'll have a guy like Baron Davis, for instance, basketball player, came to me one day. You know, he comes from South Central. He wanted to do something. Uh, he wanted to do. This this project about gangs in LA and stuff, right? And I was like, yo, Baron, you know, and he's gonna put the money up and everything, right? Right, right. And I said to him, you know, the problem is is that Walmart controls 65% of the DVD business. Right. And if you can't get a, a film into Walmart, right. you're not getting your money back. And you ain't getting your so fucking So if you gang got film. some gangster no. stuff that's and you can't get it into Walmart, right. then no matter where it goes in its first showing, whether it's paid Ganker, television or whatever. If you get whatever, gangster stripper preachers, it's not then happen. you can get that shit into Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> but just like a documentary about gangsters right. and gangbangers, no. no. It's not going to happen. And so I had to walk away from that project right. because the one thing I'd I know that, you that know. 
is if I couldn't have sold that no matter what, he would have pointed his finger sure, at me and sure. said, it's my fault. Right. right. And even so, you know, with the tapestry street. So you sort of have to know the lay of the land as well in terms of when you produce something independently, what's the market, who are the buyers, and can you get to it? And who are the doorkeepers? Right. Because that's right. a doorkeeper. That's so a gatekeeper. The only reason why Shaq became part of Shaq's All-Star Comedy Jam is because of his brand. I used his brand. He didn't. I financed that. Right. I wouldn't raise the money for it. And I gave him 10% and gave him a check to be able to use his, his name, name and Cedric's name. And then that, you know, the guy over at Showtime loved Shaq. Right, right. So when right. I found that out, I went to Shaq. Would right. you brand it? Boom, boom. When I took the Showtime, they were like, yeah, of course we'll do it. This comedy special is, <laughs> so, is, is milk chocolate black approved. <laughs> come on, kitties. You can come close to us, black guys. We won't kill you. <laughs> I, got a, I, got a, I got a question though. What about straight to Netflix or Hulu or, or, or mm-hmm. these other uh, these other places? I mean, I I know you probably get like a package deal. Okay, you get 120 showings. They give you you know however much every time. It, yeah, it any shows, distri- distribution it. deal that you get is going to come with uh, what they call your digital. Like so, for instance, you know if, if if I do something on Showtime, Showtime is in bed with with Netflix. They have a partnership, right? Right. So they cross promote and cross cross advertise. So you're you're looking at that. Netflix now is now producing their own shows. Yeah. Like they're putting up their right. own money. So like even with the project that you guys are doing, I mean, you should go take a meeting with Netflix because they're they're now trying to get into more programming. They have a lot. So you of could money. just take it right to Netflix. Absolutely. So so again, all of those options in our world is. And the independent side, it's really about being an entrepreneur, understanding where the different, you know, outlets are, and then creating relationships where you can go in and talk to people. Yeah. Right. Right. Interesting. Is that is the problem that- is is they'll say to you, Well, we'll consider it when you when we see it. Mm-hmm. And that's always a problem. In other words, they won't say, yeah, I like the idea. Here's a negative pickup or anything like that. Or we'll guarantee it was a So then you take your sitcom and then take it to them and they see it and they go, where did it air? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, so no. what would you do? Shoot a scene or something as proof? No, for me, I just go shoot the project. If I believe in it, I'll go shoot the project. And I just try to attach as many variables to it as possible to make it sellable. And that's where the compromise come in. I may find this great actor who does a scene and he's a great actor, but yeah, his name ain't going to get a distributor to come on board. So I got to say, you know. You got to say like, uh, we got some, we got some shave ice. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yo, P, bring some water. Right, like I've, I've run across many really talented people that I just couldn't do anything with because, again, in my side of it, I have return. I have investors that have to make money back. That's interesting. I mean, that's very that's that's and that's real. I mean, you you have a lot you have a lot of experience, right? From many many areas, and I'm off, I'm 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 wondering, have you ever thought, or do you ever think that you would be a teacher? Like to teach, uh, 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 not financing, but the business of producing, the business of, of I don't say filmmaking, but the business yeah, the of business producing. Of, and that's what it is, the business of producing. And I could, but you have to get some notoriety, and I don't have that yet. Right. But, you know, at well, some let's point. Shoot somebody. Yeah. Live from San Quentin, Leslie Shaw, teaching the first in the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's hilarious. That's what you got to do. I mean, yo, talk about what the fucking viable uh, ingredient is. So you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But no, we don't got to kill nobody. <laughs> we we, we, we want to live. We want to be able to buy ice cream and drink whatever we want to drink and, 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 and bask in the glory of the freedoms of being an American. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, I want to be able to say, God damn, that TV shit sucks. And, you know, I want to be able to say that and not be forced that, you know, you're behind. Uh, we got to get Nestor on his own, like, you know. Do we ever? Yeah. <laughs> we got to get him out of the house great. more. No, no. First, no, first what we got to do, no, first what we got to do is we got to produce that idea that you had about doing a show on uh, uh, the late yeah. Richard Pryor's property. Absolutely. That's, that's what we got to do. That's the next do. thing up. You know, I had Mason Pryor uh, uh, two weeks, uh, three weeks ago oh, wow. on our show here. I was telling him about the story of the pool. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because he's he's like the fucking he's like the fifth kid. Right. Like, in yeah, between wife yeah. number five. Yeah, and, there's a whole yeah, bunch. Yeah, yeah. Crazy shit. Yeah. Anyway, Maria, uh, did did you have any more questions? She's gone. Oh, she's gone. She's gone yeah. Oh, okay. Shit. Where the hell am I? I don't Where know. was I? I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you guys out there in your underwear, but we're having a good time here at SkidRowStudios.com. This is hot. I just want to say something, you know, a, a, a mid-show plug. I don't know how long this show is going to go because we got some topics. Um, but we're on live every Thursday night from 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and midnight to 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, you know, tell your people about it. Go to iTunes, man. Uh Go to iTunes, hit Nestorious Public Radio on the podcast, and check out an episode. And uh, uh, if you if you're not, and, and and subscribe, subscribe to that shit. You know what I mean? Go to our website, tell your people yes. NestoriousPublicRadio.com. Go to Twitter. Fuck it, you ain't got nothing better to do. Go to Twitter. <laughs> Even Nestorious. if you don't listen to it, just download just that shit. Just fucking go to Twitter, Nestorious NYC. Fucking do it. Hey, while you're at it, Facebook.com forward slash Nestorious Public Radio. Just do that shit. Okay, now back to the show. All right. I love that. All right. So, um, but I had a question. Larry King. So you call Larry King. Mm -hmm. We went all over the place, but that shit was, that was juicy. So you get Larry King. You yeah. call Larry King. He goes, you got one hour. One hour. Leslie, you got one hour. One hour. So, okay. I don't get that. Like, you just call him. Where's he at? Like, can well, I call Larry and ask him no, if no, I can no, have an no, hour? No, no, no. The, 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 one of the ADs, assistant directors who were working on the show, was when he was on CNN, was his mm. uh, was his set girl. Mm. And so I was like, yo. And she's like, I can get you the number, but you got to call him, right? So she got the number and so I called So she got the number. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah. That was a Master P moment. Yeah, it's always Hey, yo, P, yeah. could you get Larry in this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. All right, listen. So so that's that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Um well, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about some weddings. We're going to oh, talk about weddings. We're going to talk about weddings, it's, you know, little, not that we need a segue, but we're going to talk about weddings. It is June.